Yo. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of RB Podcast. What's good, y'all? Thank you guys for tuning into another episode. Before we get started, we just want to remind you guys that if you like our podcast, go into Apple Podcasts and make sure that you give us a five star rating and give us a review. Help us get our name out there, you know, spread the word, help us quit our day jobs. <laughs> shout us out, shout us out. We always repost all the love that we get, you know. It's nice to to see, and hopefully you guys appreciate that too. Yeah. And um, um, we say this all the time, but the feedback that we receive every week on different episodes is so satisfying. Stunning, yo. Yeah, and it, it just makes you feel like you're really making an impact on people. And if it's just a laugh, it's just a laugh. If it's inspiration, we love that. All of that shit, like anything, honestly. Yeah, so recently, one of my uh, friends that I had from high school, haven't spoke to her in years, 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 years. Her name is uh, Zakayla. She DM'd and was just saying like, thank you so much for like getting me through like workouts or getting me through long drives, getting me through like, so just to see that she like listens to it at like all these different points of life crazy i know to think that you ever impact anyone's life even in just like a minute way just blows my mind because this is just like an existential crisis that i feel like i constantly have but i forget that i affect people Mm -hmm. all the time so whenever like my name comes up in a conversation or i make a, a person feel a certain way i'm like damn I, I forget that I have influence over yeah, people. For sure. Like, it's almost like I forget that I exist. Is mm-hmm. that weird? I, or I'm just like, I think we're just so used to being like in our own little bubble that you kind of just, I think that we just see it as like, oh, we're just talking shit. But to everybody else, it's like, oh, like we're like making connections and we're like telling stories. Like, even though we're telling our stories, we're telling other other people's stories through our stories, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah, shit's wild. But yeah. we love you guys so much and we are so happy to be back for another episode. So, Robert, how was your week? So, my week was good. Um, There's some things that are in play that I'm not going to go ahead and say right now. (laughs) But um, it's one of those things where life... You're in another transition again. Yeah, it's just like one of those things where like, okay... This is a perfect this is a perfect way for me to put it. You're in one door and then another door opens, but that door is like big. Mm-hmm. And that door is like really risky. The door is big and it's heavy. <laughs> and the door is like, you know, it's it's a risky and it's like, you know, a, it's a high risk, high reward type of opportunity, but like, you know, if you don't walk through something like that, then it shuts and then it's one of those things where I It's kind of like do or die. Yeah, and I don't want to regret not doing it. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you guys updated. You know, that's all I can give you right now. (laughs) Love the exclusivity. (laughs) Keep you guys waiting. Uh, In terms of anything else that I did during the week, um, I chilled. Um, I've gone out a couple of times just to like have some drinks and stuff with friends. And that's about it. Shit's like back to normal as fuck. Yeah. Um, Super insane, man. My... Wow. My restaurant finally has all of its employees back, which is like, I'm so happy because now I have my niggas with me and we <laughs> can have fun. My hitters, hitters. <laughs> Now we can have fun at work and I'm not bored as hell because I've been so incredibly bored. But are you making less money now that there's more people in the lounge or whatever? No, no, I'm not making any less money. Um, I'm actually making the best money that I made in all of the, the magical dinings that I've been in and for you guys who don't know what magical dining is basically it's like a uh it's supposed to be a month but where we have a fixed price menu so it's like 35 dollars, and you get an appetizer an entree and a dessert and at 
where I work, normally an entree alone is minimum thirty five dollars. So it's obviously like a massive deal, and so you know you get all sorts of characters in there, people who would never go find dining (laughs) if if it wasn't magical dining. Um, and usually you are scraping by, like barely making money. But I've actually been making money, so I'm like, oh fucking k i'm like you know what if this is what we have they extended it for another month and i'm like if this is what we have to go through for the people that i like to be at work we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and we're gonna have a smile on our face i know right so it is officially spooky season y'all happy october um one of my friends they recently went through the because there's something i was thinking about doing have you heard about that drive-thru thing I'm going to it. Oh, you are? Yeah, my sister and her boyfriend invited me. It's, um, I forget what it's called, but it's like you stay in your car and mm-hmm. it's like you drive through like something scary. Yeah, so I wonder how your, how your experience is going to be because my friend went and he hated it. <laughs> he just said that like I guess that they weren't prepared for the um, amount of, of people, people that they were going to have, gonna have. Mm-hmm. and it took two hours for them to even get onto property like onto property to even go through it so the reason why I feel like we will have a better time is because we signed up to go on November 6th oh okay which is after Halloween okay that makes sense yeah so, so you know, it's like, less people uh, yeah. less people and then I I think the day we signed up for is like supposed to be more intense well, than a good. normal night because yeah. you know all of us are dead on the inside and we're like trying to get spooked yeah okay? dead ass so he was like um it took him forever to get onto the property it took like two hours just to even get to the point where he, where he could go they charged 15 dollars for everybody who's in the car so they're searching your car to make sure that you're not like Ooh. trying to like hide people so 15 dollars for everybody who's but in the car not, i bought we bought tickets already i think he just bought his when they like they like drove up either way like they had to wait so then he said that once they like went through and they were going through like the sets and stuff that like it was, it was just too far. Like, it was too far to be, like, scared. You know, like, the people were too far. Because oh, I'm guessing sense. I'm guessing that, like, they want them, the people who are scaring to be safe. So to not they don't get want run get over. Hit. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, I thought it was going to be, like, they're going to be, like, coming up to the car and stuff. But he's like, no, like, the sets are, like, far. Oh, that yeah. sucks. I bought a ticket already. <laughs> See, I, this is why I don't like to, like, make plans for things and buy tickets in advance. Not because I don't want to hang out with you guys, mm-hmm. but just, like, what if we change our mind? Yeah. Like, I, my personality type is so fickle yeah. and I'm so up and down. I'm like, mm, And what's... you already know me. I love, like, scary shit. So if I'm, like, going to do something like that, I want it to, like, be, be good. You want to be afraid. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that he was like, mm, I was like, mm, mm, mm. Do you remember when we went to that? The Petrified Forest? Petrified Forest. That shit you, was lit. You were so scared. That shit, was, that shit was lit. It was one of those... The reason why it was so good is because they spaced out the amount of people. So, like, when you were going, you were by yourself. There was no, like, hiding behind people well, or... We, no, we went as a group. Yeah, as yeah, with ourselves. But what I'm saying, our group wasn't around other groups, you know? Yeah, so you couldn't see the scary, like, whatever... People before. pop out before they come, yeah. But and they were, like, they were, like, fucking... Uh, on like harnesses like running across the walls and shit like Bitch, they were doing shit. it it was scary <laughs> they were but doing what it. I thought okay I, it was like so anyone who knows Robert Robert's like oh I, know, I'm not, I don't get scared of anything like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then out of all of us he is the most scared he's running and like jumping and screaming and I'm like are you for real right yeah, now yeah that was a good time yeah too bad it's not happening again I know I'm like I thought that they were they were gonna do it this year but I guess not I mean how would they do that you know yeah it's weird because like he. I feel like they could he went ahead and opened up everything so you would think that like people would be like oh shit's back on but they're like nah yeah but it's too late I'm sure they plan for stuff like that like months in advance because you know remember the scenes were elaborate yeah they were really good yeah Yeah, super. and they had like sounds everywhere and like yeah they Mm. were doing they they did a really good job I'm wondering how like Halloween and trick or treating and shit is gonna be 
I don't know. I feel like that's so sketchy, right? To I go know. like door to door and then like, I mean, if your kids dress up, most likely they're not wearing a mask because then like they're. Or they can wear a mask for their costume, you know. A lot yeah. of times there's masks But then you'd have to, like, make it... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you'd have to pick a costume that it goes with. And I feel like people who are even considering trick-or-treating are not going to do that. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. like, the people who aren't... Who are, like, pro-mask, if you will, are already, like, no, we're not going trick-or-treating and yeah. stuff like that. So... I mean, we'll see, you know. We shall see. It's but anyway, happy spooky season, y'all. Happy spooky season. <laughs> Yay. And like speaking of, as we're recording this episode, it is the gloomiest yeah. fucking day ever. It's like, it looks like the sun is like setting right now and it's 6 p.m. Yeah. It's like so. Seattle vibes. I know I'm like into it. I'm like, am I depressed or is the sun just not out? <laughs> Both. Both. All the above. <laughs> Dead on the inside as fuck. <laughs> but guys, this week we wanted to talk about The Social Dilemma, which is a Netflix documentary about how social media is running our lives. Yeah, that shit was definitely insane. I saw it... Um, not too long ago, I was like, Brittany, this needs to be an episode because it was there was so much shit brought up in it that it just needs to be talked about. <laughs> yeah, so I think that because of how um, frequently social media is utilized, we don't realize the true impact of it and what these companies are really trying to gain from you and the fact that being or using social media a lot of the times turns into a physical addiction to being on social media and regardless of if you want to be on it or not somehow you end up with your phone open on instagram open on facebook open on twitter and you're constantly refreshing the page to see um what's new to see if there's anything else for you to like to um digest even if it's information that you don't even care about um but i thought we could start out the episode by giving our initial experience with social media just because we're you know our millennial generation we were the first or the last generation i'm sorry that grew up without social media um i would say that social media really came to be a thing when i was in high school and so we got to live our elementary and our middle school years without having that influence and i i do remember when yeah, myspace facebook um and instagram even came about mm-hmm. so do you want to go ask, go ahead and uh, tell your experience sure so i think that mine probably started in like like you said high school i'm pretty sure because i think it was the beginning of high school like maybe like freshman year did you ever use like um like myspace or facebook yeah yeah i use i use myspace i use facebook but i know before my main interaction when it comes down to technology computers things like that my my first thing i started doing was like ask Jeeves like if I had a question when I was in school I would go into ask Jeeves ask him the question he's like ask if ask Jeeves was like a search website for the back in the 1990s it's like this white guy who's wearing like a suit and you would just ask him like random shit you could you didn't have it to be like you know something serious it could literally be like hey Jeeves what's your favorite you know blah 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 and he would like answer you yeah so I remember using those search engines too but I would 
it, like let's say it was like something I needed to research for school I would use all of them so I would like put the same question into Google into Ask Jeeves and into Yahoo I remember yeah so I, I just really re- remember using technology for that and then I would play like you know little stupid games and stuff like that but I what about social media yeah 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 so what, I, what I'm saying is before all before I even got into technology like you know social media I was just using it for the technology side then once I hit the social media side I think it was like MySpace it, was, it started off being MySpace and the reason why I I even downloaded it is because my friend wanted to put me as their top friend on MySpace. Yes, so I was top like, eight. I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? He, and it was like one of those things where she was like, you know, it's, it's it's just fun and games. Like, you know, it's nothing serious. Like, just download it. I just want you to like have it. So then I, I, I downloaded it. And I think that the, the issue is, is like that whole crave of like new like oh it's something new every like if you don't have it you're like lame because it's something new you're not engaging like what's new so of course I did it and then it kind of just went it went from MySpace to Facebook it went from Facebook like you know like I feel like we've all been interacting in the same social media circles it's just been transferred onto different things you know yeah um so my experience with it so I started off with MySpace as well And I remember that, I mean, I would use it and stuff like that, but I wasn't very active in it in the sense that I wasn't posting a lot um, because I didn't have a camera because back then you would have to like have your digital camera or you like took a picture of yourself and then you'd have to like oh yeah, yeah uh, edit yeah. it and upload it and all that shit and I did get into that uh, I remember like specifically buying a digital camera for selfies on MySpace oh, damn. yeah and um and, and I remember that like back then comments were so much more appreciated than likes. Like, you know how likes are like way more important now than yeah. comments. You would also do PC for PC. Do you remember that? Picture comment for picture comment? No, I did not. Ah, <laughs> bitch, PC for PC. All my real MySpace users <laughs> fucking know what I'm talking about. And so like comments would be like super important, whatever. But I never, I never felt any better about, I mean, it would feel nice, but I never felt... Like, I relied on that at all. And the only reason that I got Facebook was because I was dating a guy. And um, my best friend was dating his best friend, of course. Don't you love that fucking high school romance (laughs) shit? So both of our, you know, our best friends are dating. And she was like, you have to make a Facebook so that you and -and so-and-so can be in a relationship. And I was like, okay. So I made it just so that, you know, he could say like, I'm like almost saying his name. It's not even a big deal if I say his name, but whatever. So-and-so is in a relationship with Brittany Chung. I'm like, sick. You know, I didn't really care. But I remember Instagram came and when I was in high school. It was, uh, I think, senior year. It was like junior or senior year. So like 2011, something like that is when I really like knew about it. But it was only for iPhones. So I never had it. Oh, you had an Android? I had an Android. Yeah damn <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think instagram was the first one that probably um gave me the adrenaline like rush type of feeling so i remember on, on instagram i like posted something i think i went on like a cruise or whatever and i posted like being in the water and shit like that you got mad likes I got and hella like, likes and I that was a, that was the first time that i've had the experience of like oh shit like it makes you feel like important uh, grandiose yes. yes it gives you it gives you the feeling of like I'm bad. I'm not better, but like people are, people care about people what it is that envy, I'm doing or are they envying what I'm doing? Like they, or it's, it's not even that important. I want them to envy. It's just, it's the attention. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting attention. And then back then 
it was super easy to like get on the explore page, super easy to get so many people to like see your stuff. So it was a lot easier to just get a bunch of likes for no reason. Because there was like the algorithm wasn't as strong as what it is now. You well, know? I feel like it just wasn't as complex, yeah. is what I would say. Because I do remember that when we first um, like started with social media in terms of like Instagram, because I feel like when we reference social media, primarily we're talking about like Instagram the most, in, in my opinion. Um, but it seemed a lot more innocent than what it is now and you know that may just be because we didn't realize that the whole point of the creation of social media was for companies to be able to advertise to us it's a way to get us it's, it's a marketing tactic you know what mm. i mean it's a way for us to be engaged on the internet more so that we can see more ads so that companies can have more sales. And like that's always been the goal, but we just didn't realize it. Before, we would see Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as tools for us to be able to connect with people more, be able to show more of our lives to people. But in reality, they were using us this entire time. And now the use of social media is so deeply ingrained within what we consider to be a normal daily lifestyle that now we now there's like you don't really have a choice not to be on social media is what it feels like and people who are not on social media we look at them like they're so weird and we're like why are you not on social media like what do you do with your free time almost you know what I mean because like if you really think about someone taking your phone away from you what would you do for the entire day I mean, I, you, this is you where, would want, you would have yeah, that I would, want. I would want it, yeah. I think that this is where the whole uh, social dilemma Netflix documentary comes in. So in the in the whole throughout the whole entire documentary, we're being exposed to people who created Facebook, who, who created the like button, people who are the starters and the the background thinkers to these huge corporations. Yes, they created the algorithms. Yeah. They created the interface between everything. So they really know the intricacies of what these social media platforms utilize and the whole reason behind them being here. So the whole reason that they made this documentary was to say that we are the people who created these websites, these social media networks. This is what we intended for it to be. And then this is the monster that has turned into because right now social media is kind of a toxic place for people to to be if you really think about it. Um, I think that we've we've spoken about social media before on the podcast and we were giving the positives and the negatives. In this episode, I think that the social dilemma gave us more tools to understand why things work the way that they work. So. I would like to just start off with the fact that everybody who is in their documentary are ex-people of those social media platforms. So it's the ex-founder of Facebook, the ex-person of Twitter. Like These are not people who are still associated with those companies because they created it for one thing, and now they feel like it's something totally different. Yeah. To me, that's really important because these are the people that gave us the tools that we're using today, and they... They no longer agree with the direction that we're going in. Yeah, and what I think is funny about Robert even using the word tool is that from my perspective, and I think Robert's too, is that we see social media as a tool that we utilize in order to you know, show our podcast in order to get our name out there in order to connect with different people. When in reality, like it's not a tool that we're utilizing, like they're using us 
we are actually who they're using. They're using us in order to make money. So the whole goal of social media today is in order for us to engage more with it. And so, you know, everyone keeps talking about like the Instagram algorithm and how it's changed and how they can't figure it out and how no one is able to like see their posts. And the way that everyone keeps talking about the way to basically be seen more is to utilize a platform more. So make reels, make stories, make lives, post pictures. And all that does is increase your engagement with the app. So what does that mean? Seeing more advertisements, which makes them money. Mm-hmm. So the one of the big points that the social dilemma pointed out, in my opinion, is that we have major major trades. We have the trade of oil, trade of gasoline, the trade of you know goods, services. We have all these trades, and one of the biggest trades that has come about during our generation is the trade of human capital. So, what does that mean? Human capital is going to be how people think. So, what? Yeah, like user information. Well, no, it's literally how people think. So, the easiest way I can explain this is. What Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everybody, every, what they're all trying to do is tr- change the way, the way that, that people, that if, if you can change the way that millions of people think by like 0.01%, the fact that you were able to change a whole, millions of people's ideas, that's valuable. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is the trade of human capital. You're able to influence people to like believe in a certain thing yeah, or to exactly. like want certain things or buy certain things, subscribe to certain ideas and, and personas. And what's wild is that, you know, from watching the documentary, I've already known, like I went into the documentary already knowing that social media is curated per user. So what I see on my explore page and my feed and all of that stuff, even if we follow the same people, it's not going to be the same thing as you. And I already knew that. But what I thought was crazy about it was that not only is social media uh, curated for you, but the internet as a whole is curated for you. And so if you, depending on where you live and the types of things that you look up generally, Google, like your Google searches are curated for you. So they said, they gave an example saying that if you type in um, climate change is A, and then all of the suggested uh, searches underneath that will be different depending on where you live. So it'll be like climate change is a hoax. Climate change is a civil rights issue. Climate change is fake. Things like that. And so before, I I knew social media, you know, could push your mind to think in a certain way, but I did not realize that it went as far as even just your search engines. So it really makes me wonder, are our ideas even our own? Or yeah. did someone plant this seed in our, in our mind? Because one of the points that they made is that they delivered subliminal messages on Facebook to see if people, more people would vote in the midterm election and they were successful. More people did vote because of these subliminal messages. And I'm like, there, this is so relevant because we have an election coming up and we see all these people with all of these radical views and we're like, how do they think this? Or how are they supporting Donald Trump when it's like, of course they are because their internet searches, the entire reality of their phone is curated in order to see him as a positive influence. I just, it really, I think that it all goes back to people think that you're, that like, we all know that we're being watched on the internet. There's always those jokes of like, oh, that, like, no, not even that. Like, oh, like, 
I see so many memes on the, on Instagram and shit like, oh, my my FBI agent is watching me like watch porn. Let me just ha ha. Like, it's always like a joke. Like, my FBI agent shouldn't be watching me do this. But the crazy part is, is that like, I think that we all know that we're being watched. We just don't know to the extent. So the social dilemma gave us the background information of like, once you're on Google, let's say let, let's say you're on Google and you're you're looking up. No, like let's let's not say Google. Let's say Instagram because that's me picture. So you're scrolling on your feed and you're like, okay, well they're watching me. They know I'm scrolling on my feed. They're watching you in terms of how long you've seen a picture, how long you stay on that picture, if you comment, if you like, if you leave an emoji, how that how that comment or that like interacts with the other comments and likes that you did. Like I didn't realize that it was broken down to a certain point where. They are not only watching to see what I like, what I dislike. They're seeing how long you engage with a photo. They, they, yeah, wild. they, they know more about how I'm using the app than I even know about it. You know, yeah. so that's that's the part that ends up being super scary and crazy. Is that you're interacting with your phone and you think that like it's a tool, just like, like just like no we one, said before. No one can see you. What or it's not even that nobody, for. no one can see you. It's to me, it becomes you kind of are going against your phone. So like. You would think that like, oh, I bought my phone. I bought it at the Apple store. Like, it's one of those things that I use when I'm bored. But your phone is smarter than you. Your phone knows more than you. you. Yeah, like, it's allowing people to not only access your thoughts and your mind, it's allowing people to change it slightly. And that's that's all it takes is a slight change. So whenever you change something slightly on a daily basis, the thing that you're manipulating doesn't even know that's being manipulated. Yeah, it's almost like the butterfly effect, you know, like one small thing can change like the course of history. And it's it's just crazy because like, okay, so you think that your ideas are your own, but it's like, what if all of these ideas that you have are being like planted? And just from watching this, I'm just like mind blown by the fact that all of us are addicted to our phones. We're addicted to going on our phones, using social media, and we don't even realize it. And I feel like, even if we wanted to say that we could step away, we really couldn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you ever really tried to to put your phone away? And then, like, like I said before, the next thing that you know, your phone is in your hand. And they had an addiction specialist on there talking about the fact that the way that social media is is like the apps are designed, like Twitter, Instagram. Um, Reddit, Facebook, all of that is a pull down motion. So when you pull down on your screen, you know, it loads and then you may or may not get a new picture to look at, a new post to read, all of that stuff. And what that's called is positive intermittent reinforcing. And it's the same thing, same tactic that they use in casinos for um, slot machines. So what do you do when you play a slot machine, right? You pull down on the liver and then you wait and then you may or may not win. And when you do win, it feeds that fire of wanting to do it again and get that same high, that same dopamine high. And so like sometimes when you scroll on Instagram, you don't get a new picture, but when you do, it makes you want to do it more and more and more. We were also introduced in the documentary to the people who think of these ideas, like and how they were taught to think of this. They were, they've gone to universities and taken classes in psychology to manipulate the human brain and you would think that like the thing that begins my questioning and my brain is like at what point does this become a moral issue because a lot of the people that were in the in the documentary there was one guy who was like I go home and I work on these types of algorithms I I work on how to manipulate people and I still can't even fight fight against it Mm -hmm. so my thing is that 
when how do you how do you go into that without questioning what it is that you're actually doing you know because okay so i mean part of business is psychology right and so they know that going into it but i think they just didn't realize the impact that it was going to make that people were going to start to you know, hold self-worth based on how many likes they got, that suicide and depression and anxiety would all go up just because all of a sudden now my self-worth is being based upon like, okay, well, I only got two likes on this. Let me go delete it. No, yeah, Versus for sure. like, oh, okay, I got 500 and I feel so pretty and I feel so good about myself and like I'm so popular rather than like engaging with like the people who are like right in front of you who yeah. like actually matter. But at the same time, they were... They were they were de- deliberately studying to get people more addicted to this thing. Mm-hmm. They that that was the point. That was that was the whole background to it. So I get that like it might not be their fault. It might not have been their their point. But in the end, they went into it knowing the studies and still doing it. So so do you feel like they should be held responsible? I just feel like a lot of people who know what they were doing and still did it anyway. Like, there's no one person to blame. Yes. But at the same time, there's a group of people that should mm-hmm. be blamed because, yeah, you might not intend it for it to be that way, but now look where we are, you know? And, and the thing is, you did have an intention. Your intention was to have people more engaged on the platform, and you got it, but at what cost? Yeah, because the only way that they would make the amount of money that they're making is for people to be on there more because the whole thing is advertisement. In order for them to make money, we need to see more advertisements. In order for us to see more advertisements, we have to be on there more. And part of the way that they were able to um, encourage us to utilize apps more is by tagging people in photos. And so every time you get tagged in a photo on Instagram, on Facebook, it gives you a notification. And of course, being in a photo, especially probably a photo that you're not sure what it is, you're going to click on it. And instead of showing that photo right then and there, they tell you, hey, you've been tagged in a post. And then you click on that, and then you see yourself in it, and then it continues because you're utilizing the app at that point. So then what do you do? Refresh. And then you refresh, and then you see more ads, and you scroll for longer. So it's like every time you're not using your phone, hey, let's let them know that they were tagged in the photo so they get back on their phone. Yeah, and I think that one of the... One of the most powerful things is the algorithm. So the way that they put it in the the documentary is that an algorithm is, all it is is an opinion that has been transferred into technology. Mm -hmm. So let's just say with the whole election coming up, a simple opinion is Donald Trump is great. That they can turn that opinion into an algorithm and they can turn that into, you know, showing ads for Donald Trump. Somebody types in, who should I vote for? They can have Donald Trump pop up. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's literally just an opinion that they use. An and, opinion for success is what they said. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then what the what the algorithm and what the computer does is finds ways to get people to believe in that opinion. Yeah. And the what I thought of was crazy about the algorithm is that they said that, yes, the algorithm is created by a human being, by a person. Someone creates the algorithm. But it's created in such a way that after that, it kind of has a mind of its own based on the user and based on the things that people are looking at. It curates different things and different um, ideas for people to see. And so 
Even the person who created the algorithm doesn't understand exactly how it works because it's ever changing. And that's scary because you know what that means is that we don't have control over the algorithm. And Mm -hmm. just like I said earlier, how people are complaining about the Instagram algorithm and, oh, how do you beat the algorithm, this and that, and then there's no clear answer. It's just all of these theories and it's always changing is because the algorithm is always changing. Mm -hmm. There is... There is no, no answer. answer. Yeah. There is no right way. There is no wrong way. And that's what's freaky about it is that no one can control it, even the person that created it. Mm-hmm. The only way to control the algorithm is if you don't use it. If you literally delete your apps and don't utilize any of these social media platforms, is the only way to truly beat the algorithm because the creators don't even know what to do about it you know what i mean it's literally a mind of its own and it made me when they were talking about that it made me think about irobot and how you know ai took over and then all of a sudden was like attacking humans but i'm like it's already here guys like we keep looking ahead for like you know people always think like oh robots are gonna take over one day but i'm like robots have already taken over if every time you get online everything that you see is literally constructed for you to believe a certain thing, we are already lost. They already have control of our minds. Yeah, it was really funny because I was listening to um, David David Dobrik's uh, podcast. It's called Views. And they were talking about, it wasn't the social dilemma, but they were just talking about social media and how like, if you say out loud like, you know, oh, I'm hungry. I really want like pickles. Like at a certain point, pickles will start showing up on your phone. Yes. And he was just saying how like he didn't he didn't understand why people were so distraught and like freaking out about it. Because to him, he's like, it's something that's making it like more convenient for me. He's like, yes. you know, this is a I'll see what I want. He was like, he's like, this is a this is a, a convenience. If they're gonna listen to me and give me the things that you know curate my my feed to what I want in my life, then why would I be upset about it? And I totally get where he's coming from because to him, he's still looking at it as a, as a, as a tool. Like, okay, well, you know, if, if my phone's listening to me and, you know, showing me the things that I'm saying that I want, then why would I not be happy about that? And I think the issue was, is that, okay, well, your phone's showing you things that you like, but you don't know what it's doing and what, what thoughts is giving you that you maybe don't like or what is it what is it making you think that you didn't even know that you were thinking and just the fact that it's even listening to what you're saying and then it's forming you know your feed around that so yeah okay you're getting posts that you want to see more often but what does that immediately do make you be on your phone more but in the end using it more it's crazy because in the end people want that convenience so it's, it's so funny because this reminds me of an episode of black mirror so there's an episode of black mirror where Black Mirror, let me just give a little background, is something about in the future and it's a time where technology is super advanced to the point where crazy shit is happening. So it's kind of like the Twilight Zone, but like super updated. So there's an episode where this girl goes to this technology service and what the service does is they put something on your brain and it takes out a copy of your brain and they put it into like this little orb thing and then that copy of the brain is you. So like it's literally you. It's it, it's it's breathing. It functions. It's just it's your brain just in, in a an computer, orb. Right? So what they do is they break that thing that's in there because that break that thing is you. So it obviously if you were putting put into an orb, you would be like, I'm not doing this shit. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and work. I'm not gonna be a slave. Blah blah blah. And what they'll do is they'll turn the time. So they had a knob where they could turn the time. So they would they would make 150 years go by in like a second. 
So then you come back and then the, the you that's inside of the orb is like, oh my God, please give me something to do. So that I, I, at that point, they broke you. So now you're helping the real you in real life. So you, you're the only one who knows what temperature you want your, your AC to be on. You're the only one that knows how you like your toast cooked. You're the only one that knows how you like to be woken up in the morning, how you want your alarm to be. So what they were doing is they were forcing you to make your, the real life you better. So it's crazy because you would think, oh my God, this is so out of range, just so far away, but it's really not. Like the algorithm is finding out what it is that you like, how you want, what kind of, what kind of beer you like, what do you want from the grocery store? Who do you like when it comes down to the social media? It's it's building you, basically, but a technology form you. You know, basically, like, so social media and the internet has gotten to know you so well that they're able to understand your moves before you even know that you're gonna do it, and th- in that way, they're able to manipulate the way that your mind will think and they know how to use your mind against you because they have been studying you every move that you make because I thought that they're only watching you when you were on an app no they're literally watching you every time you engage on the internet so every google search you do every website you type in everything is being monitored and it's adjusting the algorithm in order to fit you as a user and Something that I thought was like a really interesting um, quote that they were showing just random quotes throughout the episode. Not episode, I'm sorry, documentary. They said that there are only two industries that call their customers users, illegal drugs and software. Yeah. Yeah. But So going back to that, that, that last thing, the episode ends with, you know, the girl being really happy, being really satisfied with the service, but to what cause? Like, you lost a part of yourself. And to think that, like, oh, maybe that's so far away, it's really not that far away. Like, the internet, what our, our technology, our services are learning so much about us that they, we, can, we can form a software form of us. Like, you're, it's you going, going against your phone, but your phone knows everything about you. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like super scary but i can see why people would allow it to happen you're gonna allow it to happen because it's convenient and it feels good it's, it's super it's super convenient you don't have to think about you know what what is it that i think because something's it that I wanna, thinking for you yeah exactly yeah something is thinking for you and that's but that's that's the horrible part about it is and that's when they're able to like manipulate your thoughts and to be what they want because like okay so you're going to be on social media more because you're seeing all these posts that you like but then there's going to be this little subliminal message that you may not even realize that can be the seed to this new idea that you wouldn't have had otherwise and that can go right and that can go wrong do you know what I mean because like if we're so if, if the internet is so smart and so adaptable to us and they know exactly what we would like to see, and they can see 10 steps ahead of us before we can even see it, what's to say they won't plant something completely horrible in your mind? Mm-hmm. Why Why? Why do we automatically... I feel like people would automatically assume that it's going to be something that's like not going to be harmful. It's going to be something super lighthearted. Like, okay, like what kind of socks do I like? Okay, what's well, going to show more socks that I like? Or more hair colors that I want to dye my hair? But it's like, it's... I feel like it can be so much more sinister than that. Mm-hmm. And if you can look at just like the social climate that we're in with like political unrest and climate change and d- just like depression and anxiety, all of that stuff. It's like, if this is supposed to be something that was meant to be positive and is just so lighthearted and just showing us more ads of the things we want to see, 
why are we all so miserable? Yeah. So, I mean, the people that I would say I'm really worried about, obviously, is going to be our Gen Z. So, Gen Z, I think, is messed up in a lot more ways than one. Not only were they, do they have technology right now in elementary school, which is insane, they are going through a pandemic where they're being stuck at home, where they're relying even more on technology to the point where they're learning through technology. Like, they couldn't escape it if they wanted to. So, these individuals are not only not getting the communication skills to, you know, succeed in life, they're they're even they're being bred even more to use technology. That's yes. scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful that we were able to grow up without that. You know, because I I have a little brother and he is 10 years younger than me. So he's 16 and so he did grow up with social media and I can see how it has like how the impact has been different like all he does right now is play video games and he throws a fit when the wi-fi goes down like he does not know what to do with himself and it's because like there's that whole addictive aspect of it to where it's like I have to be using technology he doesn't do anything that isn't related to technology when he's eating dinner when he's walking around their house he has headphones on he has his phone in his hand he doesn't know what to do without it and like I'm just grateful that like we got to grow up with it and without it so that it's like you can you know what to do in situations where it's not available and it doesn't feel as much of like an ingrained part of you because Mm -hmm. I do remember a time without social media yeah and I think that one of the most dangerous algorithms like up to date it's going to have to be TikTok. And I think that you can, I think Brittany has like seen the, the effect I've that I've had outside, on TikTok. Yeah. The outside perspective. Yeah. Because, okay. TikTok is somewhere where you just, you're scrolling, you're watching videos, very similar to Vine where. Bitch, they you know have, what TikTok is. Exactly. I'm just explain. making sure, you know, very, very short videos, short clips, but that al- the algorithm on TikTok is, is something I've never seen before. Like. You, I can tell that it's watching how long I'm watching and what I'm doing because it's it's changing what I'm like. Every single video is is exactly, and it's it's insane to see it in real time because to me, I feel like Instagram, Facebook, things like that, it takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. TikTok is simultaneously mm-hmm. like if I'm skipping something, then all of a sudden it's it's really funny because they'll have certain videos on TikTok where it'll it'll, it'll be like, congratulations, you just reached Black TikTok. You just reach freaky TikTok, like you know, like it's, they're they're joking, but it's not a joke because you have just you, like t- taken that path to where like now all you're gonna see is like yeah. black TikTok or like whatever. And TikTok. it's crazy that like the the people who are creating that content know that they're that the people who are reaching their page is because of the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Like they're using that to their advantage. They're, they're saying it as a joke, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And, and I'm like, like, it's crazy to see, man. And so from an outside perspective, I'm not someone who really utilizes TikTok. Like I literally haven't been on TikTok in fucking months, but Robert uses TikTok so much. And what's wild about it is that we always, like, between the two of us, he always thinks I'm so much more on my phone than he is, uh, but he came to my house last week to record the episode that we posted, and he was on my couch for, like, an hour, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and it's like, I was trying to get his attention, and he's scrolling and scrolling, and scrolling. I'm like, what are you on right now? I've never seen Robert on yeah. social media the way that he was on TikTok, and I was like, yo, like, 
I don't know what you're seeing on there, but I've never seen you utilize your phone that much. I just like like shit that's like funny. So I think that they the got you with the laughter. Yeah, the algorithm has switched like to the point where it knows that, and it's so fine tuned and yeah. so perfect that every single video I'm is dying. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so it's. It's one of those things where it's like, I want to do it because I know I'm going to laugh. I know it's going to be funny. I know it's going to be entertainment. But it's at the same like time. It's going to that pleasure part of your brain, yeah. which is what social media does. It's it's literally playing on psychology. It's playing on your dopamine. Every time that you get likes on a picture, your dopamine levels go up. It makes you feel good about yourself. And then every time after that, you're going to want to post more and more in order to get that same high, that same feeling. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think it's just everyone's different because for me the Instagram shit that's why I don't really post on Instagram that's why I'm not really the the main reason why I use Instagram is to try to grow the podcast to try to you know make make our it's shitty to say but it's like to like grow our influence but just to say that sounds shitty and like TikTok is more my more my thing because it's just laughing for pleasure it's not something that yeah I'm not doing anything on it but at the same time it's causing me to use my phone so it's still targeting somebody like me who's not really into social media it's just targeting a different part of me so you know what that is they found your vulnerability yeah because some people have vulnerability within like self-image. Okay, so I want to post this picture so that I feel good about it. But you don't really care about that. They mm-hmm. found that the area that you feel that's most vulnerable for you to get into your head is humor. Mm-hmm. And so what do they show you? Funny videos. Yeah. So it's like they, they it figured you out. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's <laughs> always going to be something that triggers people in a certain way. So mm-hmm. rather rather it's you love your email or you you just can't go without there being a, you know a email in your in your folder that's not that hasn't been read. It can be something as simple as Quora. Quora is something that we use to try to grow the podcast where you go in and you answer questions, but with Quora how they get you is they show you how many people have viewed your answer. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you start feeling like, "Oh, important because like, all these people viewed yes. my shit." And mm-hmm. I mean, what's yours? What do you think what social media platform plays to your weakness? Instagram, for sure. Because at the end of the documentary, they gave tips basically on how to avoid like the social media addiction. And part of, or one of the tips that they gave was to turn your notifications off. Don't have notifications for Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, none of that on. And I was like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, thinking... <laughs> The only social media website or app that I have notifications for is Instagram. And I'm like, is that why I feel more inclined to use it? Because Facebook and I I have Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and I have my notifications off for Twitter and and Facebook. And I mean, I go on, I don't even go on Twitter every single day. I go on it, I don't know, like every other day, maybe something like that. But, and then Facebook, I only go on it like, once a day do you know what I mean and I'm like realizing that like maybe the reason that I'm so into Instagram is because I have notifications for it because bitch I'd be pulling down on that thing refreshing well, like what, no well, other what about it what about Instagram um I think just because it's like an easy digestible social media app to be on you're not really reading anything you're kind of just looking at pictures and like I mean, obviously, like, I mean, that doesn't really take any effort. You know, you see a picture, you scroll, you like it, or you go on the explore page and you see things that you like. And it's just scrolling endlessly with like pictures and updates of like stories and videos. Like I, I'm 
a very visual person. And so for me to see a picture versus to go on Twitter or Facebook and then have to like read through everyone's posts, is like way more digestible for me, mm. I think. Because it's weird because I'm not, like I don't... I feel like you use Facebook more than like Yeah, Instagram. I don't think I've ever looked at my Explore page. Like I've, like I've looked at it, but I'm not one of those people that like look at it and then click on the things that are on the, on the, Explore, on mm. the Explore page. Like I, to be honest, I probably don't, I really don't even go on it. I know I use Facebook more because just like how you say you like to think, have things visually, I like to see what people are thinking and what people are saying. But Facebook is weird because I feel like Facebook is where they give the most fake shit. Facebook is where oh, the most fake yes. fake news, fake videos, fake like fake things survive. Fake things take a life of its own on mm-hmm. Facebook. So I think so too. I definitely try to like... It's hard to know what to believe because, you know, when we tell people like, okay, make sure that when you have an argument about something, especially if it's political, make sure you have something to back it up. But then you go on Google and it's freaking, it's not even showing you factual evidence. It's showing you what they think that you want to see or what people in your area would like to see. So it's like, where do you really go? How do you really know that what you're saying is factual? Because like, I've said this before, but you can find something to back up literally any claim that you'll have. Yeah. And in the in the social media dilemma or social dilemma, they brought up the flat earth theory. Like how there's this massive group of people who believe that the earth is flat. And it's like, I remember when it first came out, I was like, how do you believe that? But after watching this, I'm like, if, if you see something and like you're you are someone who believes in conspiracy theories and then you go on google and you try to find information based on that yes you will find convincing evidence to say that the earth is flat and they're going to connect you to people who feel the same way the that same you do way. and think the same way that you do so then all of a sudden you're like yes oh, shit. okay yes. well now this just gives me more of a reason to believe the way i thought I should believe. Yes, and so they're they're talking about is it Kyrie Irving or something? Some Kyrie Irving. He's a big basketball player. Yeah, so they had this basketball player who used to think that the Earth was flat because he got caught into a YouTube rabbit hole and fell into the whole idea of conspiracies that the Earth is flat, and he um, made it public that he thought that, and then he came out later apologizing for that because he's like, I didn't mean to influence anyone to really think the Earth was flat, and he's like, honestly, I fell into a rabbit hole, and then when he released like the the counter statement to him saying that the Earth is fl- is flat, and he apologized for it, people came out saying, oh, the round Earthers got to him. Mm-hmm. The round Earthers. <laughs> Like there's so in the flat earth community, if you will, there are there, they call us the round earthers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, literally this is what the internet has done to people. Mm -hmm. It's just, thank God that I'm, I'm really not like one for conspiracy theories. Yeah, me either. I mean, I think they're like cool here and there, but definitely just to fall on the rabbit hole and like have people like, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I'm not about, but I guess my thing is like, what do we do now? Cause I feel like the social the social dilemma gave us really good information and background information, but I also feel like they gave Nothing us is gonna change exactly we, like make. But they didn't really give us they didn't really give us the tools to be like well okay to change so, it. I mean they said so turn off your um, notifications limit your screen time and if you have children or teenagers that are using social media come up with a time frame for when they can use social media, like limit, basically limit your exposure to it. Cause like, it's not realistic for us to say that we're not going to use it. It's just I, not. I couldn't even imagine having a kid trying to 
limit their social media. Watch what they're watching on social media. Limit what they're doing on their video games. Limit like they're that's a job. They're gonna fight you so bad. That's literally a job. Like yeah. that's that's a, that, that's a full time job in itself. And it's so crazy because so many of the people who were on this documentary who created this stuff is like I fight with my kids on a daily basis to not do it. They have I give them all the background background information. I give them all the tools. I teach them how social media is influencing them, I still struggle to fight with them every day. And I'm like... Which makes sense because like when you're a little... When you're young, you just want to be a part of it. You just want to like fit in. You just want to do what your friends are doing. And if all of your friends around you have Instagram, have TikTok and are posting all of these... All of this content and then you're not able to do that because, oh, my mom said I can't, of course you're going to fight with them. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I... I can say that as a kid or as a teenager, whatever, hell yes, I'm fighting with you. It's just because it's like, you know how like there's already the narrative that, oh, your parents just want to do, want you to do the opposite of everything that you want to do. And mm-hmm. like, they just want to like control you and ruin your life and all that shit. You know? So it's like, that's just, that narrative is just going to add to the argument. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to think of like what it is that, that I can do, but I think that I'm just realizing how deeply ingrained that shit is. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just get up and the first thing I do is check my phone. Yes. The first thing I do is make sure my phone is charged. And just like you said, there'll be random times where I like I'm not even thinking about it, and my body's in just auto autopilot, and then all of a sudden I'm picking up my phone and I'm just scrolling for no reason. Like yes, you know what I do that is like hor- is like I don't even know if it's horrible or just like relatable. So I will be on my phone right, and I'll I'll click on Instagram and I'll look through Instagram and I'm like oh there's nothing on there, and then I'll exit out of the app and immediately open it back up and not even realize that I just clicked on it again. And I know my sister does that too, and I'm like holy shit. Because I'm like, oh, I exit out of it thinking I'm going to go to another app. And then I just click right back on it. And i pulling down, pulling down to see if there's anything new is there. And I'm like, social media addiction. <laughs> and right before we started this episode, I... So we, we both have iPhones and they will give you analytics based on how much you use your phone and how much time you spend on each app. And I was really surprised by our analytics so mine have gone up since we started this <laughs> really yeah which i don't know if that's just like it just didn't update oh, since we started okay. it or whatever yeah. but so today it's 7 p.m and i have spent two hours and 48 minutes on my phone and within that i've spent an hour and three minutes on instagram 25 minutes on facebook and six minutes on twitter so for me I am at one hour and 33 minutes on social media. How much time overall on your phone? Three hours and 18 minutes. Yeah, Robert uses his phone and <laughs> uses social media more than I do. So, I mean, because I, I, I have been watching YouTube more than TV in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always do that. Yeah. And But I watch YouTube. I don't watch YouTube on my phone. I watch it on my laptop. Oh, I watch it on my phone. So, that's probably what it is. Well... No, because your your YouTube usage what was like fifty minutes. Yeah, so breaking it breaking it down, uh, my social uh, one hour and thirty minutes, one hour and thirty three minutes on social media, fifty minutes on entertainment, and then eight minutes on information and reading. It breaks also breaks down to what it what apps you were using the most. YouTube fifty minutes, TikTok thirty one minutes, Instagram twenty eight minutes. And then my messages, 19 minutes. That doesn't really count. And then Facebook, 14 minutes. So 
most of it is going to come from YouTube. But like I said, I know I watch YouTube a lot more than I watch uh, TV. Yeah. And they also give you analytics on how how many times you've picked up your phone, which is wild, and how many notifications you've gotten. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so I've picked my phone up 66 fucking times today. 66. Bitch, I'm more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I've picked up my phone 90 times. Oh my God. That's so many times. And like, I really appreciate that iPhone does this because it really does put into perspective yeah. how much you use your phone. Because like, think about every... Think about how much time you really spend on your phone and how many, how much time you could be spending doing other things in real life that are going to be productive towards, you know, mm-hmm. you. And like, granted, a lot of people do work on social media and that's a different situation, but us out here, we not and really that's even hard. That's, that's even harder to me to try to separate what your real life is between like your social media life when social media becomes your job because yes. social media then, that line is a line that I'm scared to cross. And to right? be honest, like... That's why I feel like we struggle with growth on the podcast sometimes is because in order for us to get big and to grow and all that stuff, we have to be willing to cross that line. And mm-hmm. I'm very hesitant. hesitant. Wow. Mm-hmm. Look at that. James. <laughs> <laughs> About trying to make that overall decision because once you do it, you're in it. There is no coming back. And it's it's one of those things where you may think that it will be easy and you'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll know when to put my phone down. I'll know when to just enjoy the moment. But then you're in it and you can't stop recording everything. Mm-hmm. And this is speaking from someone who has people who do, do social media for a living and I can see how it takes over your life and it really becomes something that is vital to your existence and they can't stop. And I don't want to get to that point, but I also understand that if you want to make money, you got to be on social media. Yeah, it's just, and that's the vicious cycle. Yeah, it's just, that becomes very scary because once social media and like you getting views, likes, and all that stuff starts equating to you being able to survive, then that's when it becomes you have to be all in. Like, because yeah. at that point, it's your it's not only social media; it's your it's your life, it's your livelihood. Yeah, and I. I'm scared. <laughs> it, is, it is scary because yeah. once you have that feeling of addiction, it is so hard to get past it. You know, I always say this, but don't give a drug addict drugs. And so if you become addicted to social media, you're going to have to like be off of it in order to not be addicted to it. And I don't know how realistic that is with everything that we have going on. Um, another thing I wanted to just like before we wrap this up, was that they gave us, um, it, it tells us how many notifications we've had throughout the day. And I've had 58 notifications. And 30 of those were messages. 15 was Instagram. 7 was my ring doorbell. <laughs> 4 was like my uh, canvas for school. And 1 was from notes. So I've had 62 notifications. 24 were messages. Nine were Instagram, nine was my doorbell, and then five was Gmail. Damn. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's just, uh, we're so engaged. Yeah, I guess my, I, would, I, would, I would recommend that everybody go on their um, analytics and just take advantage of it because I, it's not something that you can change unless you know. So hopefully because we're more aware, we can try to like make those changes, but at the same time, like... 
who knows who baby? freaking knows because at the same time there's no there's no accountability within any of this so yeah I, I can tell you guys that i've been on social media for like two hours today but who's gonna tell me not to yeah. who's gonna take my phone out of my hand when i get on instagram and start endlessly scrolling instead of doing my homework do you know what i mean there's no accountability within it i mean i think that apple is definitely trying to give us the power back because they do have like a thing on your phone that you can turn on that after you've reached a certain amount of time, it won't let you go on social media. But I'm like, who actually, who's going to do that? <laughs> it's like, it's, but like, it's like, why, why are we saying that? You know, like, is that, is that our thoughts? Like, cause I don't want to, is, is that, like, I may know that I, I should stop. I may know that that's the right thing, but do I want to stop? No, I know, but is that, I'm like, shoot me up, baby. But I'm about to say, is that social media? You know, yes. like, cause I'm like, it is, but I does it stop my feeling about it? No. Do I know that I should stop? Yes. <laughs> I'm but like, do maybe we ever I, I think I'm gonna try it. I think I'm gonna try it. Really? Yeah. Just to, just because like something has to break the cycle. Like just the fact that we sat down, and we had this whole entire conversation about how it's scary and how it's gonna change, like take over the world, and if we don't change things, and you're still like. Shoot, yeah, I'm just like, that's scary. It's scary that to sit here scary. and like know the consequences of our actions and still walk down the wrong path. Well, I do want to have a better, I will say that I do want to have a better balance between social media and between things that I'm doing in real life. Like I, if I have free time, I don't want to be scrolling on Instagram endlessly. I want to be learning a new instrument or I want to be gardening, or doing something like baking, like something in real life that is going to affect me rather than scrolling on social media. But I also don't want to like put like an hour time limit on it. Do you know what I mean? Just because like that is, oh man, this is horrible. This is, that's kind of how you de-stress sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like before you go into bed, after you get off work, after a long fucking day, you scroll through Instagram before you go to bed and I'm an addict. I'm sorry. I say, sound like you want <laughs> I know. And you know what? To end this out, there's this quote that really resonates with me and it's um, a quote by Shambuti. I'm not sure if she got it from someone else, but shout out to Shambuti. <laughs> but she said, nothing creates an addiction like an inconsistent reward. And guess what social media is? An inconsistent reward, baby. I guess. I guess. I, I think I'm going to really try to make the change. Maybe I'll just put it on my phone so that it, like, it notifies me that, like, hey, it's going to happen. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll end up turning it off. But I think I just want to just, try just to make the go. change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Robert will keep us updated on that. <laughs> I will hold him accountable <laughs> so that we know how it goes. You tried it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can all see how it goes together. But I mean, take the challenge, y'all. You know, like <laughs> things aren't going to change unless we like change it ourselves. And Brittany isn't capable of making the change, so I'll try to do it myself. <laughs> I'm addicted, baby. <laughs> um, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of RMB Podcast. Thanks, y'all. Please go on to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating and a review, and check out our website. That's rnbpodcast.com. Check us out on Instagram at the official underscore rnb. Check me out at brvtt. And if you wanted to check me out on Instagram, I'm Rob Bates, R-O-B-B-A-T-E-S-S. Make sure when you go on, you like a couple pics and you get off. We're trying, to, we're trying to break this addiction out here, okay? <laughs> the fact that he wants you to like a couple pigs before you leave, though. Okay, Robert? Tell us how you rule the food. All right. But um, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye.